Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, the sequel. But we'll call this day 121. And I have no idea how many days it's been since I originally began this experiment to talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips because I wrapped up that series with show 120. So if you're a new listener and looking for my story about how I came through compulsive overeating and binge eating disorder, go back to show one and listen through 120 and you will hear the amazing ups and downs of me learning after 50 some years how to live a life free from the fear of food, enjoying my life, and actually it's quite amazing. Well, it's been a little bit more than a month since I recorded show 120 and put it out there. And I promised that I would continue to let you know how I'm doing and to do some bonus episodes as I saw fit. And that's what today's all about. But one thing that I'm not going to do differently is I'm not going to start without listening to my inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward because it lets me catch my breath, put together my thoughts, and no matter what I do in life, I think a little letting go is a really good thing. But I'm letting go. It's so good to hear you again and to listen to that inspirational snippet that served me so well all those months of compulsive overeating diary, the original. Again, new listeners, go listen from show one through 120 and you will hear that journey. My regular BCs, isn't it amazing to hear from me again? And you might say, gosh, that sound is so good. That's because BCs, I'm recording this bonus episode in my sound studio rather than up the mountain at the Zen place or down at the local park or at Descanso Gardens. And so I guess what I'm letting go of today is the need to go off hiking before I can talk to you. And it's not that I become a lazy bum, no far from it. But if you've been following my blog, you know that I've been having some medical issues for the last month. In fact, a little more than a month. In fact, for a couple of months. And so I'm just not up to hiking yet today. But a couple things have made me want to speak with you. So here I am. I thought, hey, you got a sound studio. You got a nice stool. You've got a nice iPad holder so that you can read comments or emails or whatever you want to do right here in the studio. You don't have to write a show. Why don't you just march yourself right in there and talk to the BCs? So that's what I'm doing. This is my first 100% studio-produced show. And I just want you to know that I am okay. And if you want more details about my medical issue, go ahead and read the blog on Compulsive Overeating Diary because I'm not going to go over it again right here. But I am doing really great. I'm feeling much better and getting close to back to my old energetic self. So I probably will be doing some episodes as I hike up to the next atop Zen place in the near future. Come on. 
First up, I want to tell all you BCs how thrilled I am that new BCs are still finding us from the old shows. And I've been hearing from some of them, and one of my very favorites is Bailey, who likes to call <laughs> the Bravery Hotline. Now I, now, I don't have specific permission from Bailey to share all of her story, so I'm just going to play for you a little snippet of her first phone call to the Bravery Hotline, where she introduces herself as Bailey and then she has an opinion back in my early days when I was just wishing that you guys would all comment and what she thinks about that and it was really a profound thought for me so I thought I'd share it with you so BC's here's one of our newer BC's Bailey hi Lori my name is Bailey I just started listening to your podcast a couple weeks ago and I just listened to episode 15, so I'm working my way through. Um, and you had asked kind of, you know, rhetorically, well, if 100 people called and commented, would that make me feel better? And, you know, it probably wouldn't because you are worth so much more than our comments. Bailey, I really like that whole thought about... I am worth more than comments. I am more than comments. And I think if we take that out to more of a universal level, every one of us, I know, every one of us who listen to this show or participate in this show have some issues where we long for someone to say we're okay, right? We're hoping the scale will say we're okay. We're hoping that society will admit that our bodies look good. We're hoping our loved ones will say we look good. We're hoping to get an A-plus on the test. That's kind of part of our mindset. At least that's my opinion as I've been you know, interacting with more of UBCs and seeing how many of you are very like me in some of these respects. This is perfectionism, insecurity, a wish to feel better about ourselves from the outside in, right? And what you're saying here, Bailey, with your profound comment is that I, Lori, am more than people's opinion of me. So whether 100 of you should call the Bravery Hotline or pose comments or let me know that you think I'm wonderful or if you all went to iTunes and gave me five-star reviews, which by the way, I'd still love it if you'd go to iTunes and give me five-star reviews, but that would make me happy. That wouldn't make me feel like I'm better. And that was one of the really big takeaways that I've learned in doing Compulsive Overeating Diary is that it is wonderful. And I'm not going to pretend that it isn't. It is wonderful to get a compliment. If someone says to me that I look nice, I'm happy about that. If they say, oh, I like the way you're doing your hair, I'm happy about that. In fact, if you go to the blog, compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash day d-a-y one two one that's today's show notes you will see a photo of me with my brand new glasses and these are designer frames that's not usually something that i would spend money on because i am notoriously cheap except when it comes to audio equipment and things like that and travel and massages and spa treatments but most things in my life i'm notoriously cheap and i reuse my glasses frames over and over and over and over and when i go there to the optometrist I say hey what's the cheapest frames you got on sale that will go with these but my glasses broke yes my glasses broke they fell on our tile floor and smashed to smithereens so I 
took my frames, which were again all bent and twisted because they're wire frames, my original glasses, to the optometrist and said, okay, can you guys put these back in order and how much to get, you know, my lenses replaced? And I knew that was going to be a hit anyway because my lenses that I use for computer and voice work and kind of my close and mid vision are my most expensive glasses. They have a lot of parts to them to allow me to see. And, oh, I didn't want to hear this answer of how much it was going to cost. And I was already going, oh, and reeling from this unexpected cost when my eye was caught on the display by these frames, half tortoiseshell, half light pink. And something about these frames just drew me like a magnet. I guess that Kate Spade knows how to design. And no, I didn't get it for free for saying Kate Spade. She has no idea who I am. But I said, wow, I really like these. And so I was, you know, fooling around and just put them on my face while the optometrist was busy, you know, looking at my prescription. And my goodness, these glasses frames fit my face perfectly. I mean, like, you know, functionally, like they fit on my ears without adjustment and they fit where my eyes were. And I really kind of liked them. And the optometrist come out and he is not one to BS you. He tells you, oh, those frames don't work or those colors aren't good or whatever. And we've had a long relationship. And he came out like, Lori, wow, those look really good on you. And I'm like, oh, no, I like these glasses frames. Could you tell me how much these might be? And he told me, and oh, my goodness, I felt like I was just cutting open my wrists of cheapness. But in my heart of hearts, I loved these glasses frames. And I had used the old ones for so many years. And I said, you know what? I've already got the slings and arrows <laughs> of the cost of replacing my lenses. I might as well just bite the bullet and come up with a pair of glasses that I absolutely love. And I did. I come home and I kind of told Mark, like, because, you know, usually Mark and I agree on any kind of spendy decision. And I was like, oh, honey, you know, I really kind of like these glasses. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, but this is what the glasses are going to cost. And I'm ready for him to, like, let me have it, right, to let me have it. And he said, honey, do you like these glasses that you're going to get? And I said, yes, honey, I really do. And he says, well, that's the answer then, right? That's what we're here to spend our money on are things that make us feel really good or make us feel that we're doing good in the world or that make our life more enjoyable, easier, things that matter, things that count. And these frames made me so happy because I can see so well with them and they fit on my face so well that I can like dip my head down and they don't fall off and my field of vision is so clear. I am grateful every day that I have them on my face. They make me happy that they are on my face in a way that like getting a cute bracelet would not or a lipstick would not or getting, you know, an extra serving of ice cream would not. These glasses really made me happy. But I'm kind of getting off the topic that was inspired by the wonderful Bailey. But the thing is, I didn't wait for someone to tell me these are really cool frames or it's great that you're going to have quote unquote designer frames living in Southern California, right? That you're finally going to step up to the plate and care about your appearance a little bit. No, it was something inside me that said, this really feels good. This is something that I really enjoy. 
So it's a little bit kind of a, a surface thing, right? To be happy with glasses versus your character. But darn it, it's okay to be happy with some surface things. You know, I've told you about my red convertible, red baby, and how much I enjoy that car, even though that car I've had now for 10 years, I think, 10 or 11 years. And every time I drive that convertible around the block, it makes me happy. I feel great. And I've learned to recognize in myself that I need to find those things that make me happy. I don't need you and you and you and you and you going back to Bailey's point to say, wow, Lori, we love that car. You could say, oh, we don't like red. In fact, one of my coworkers, the first day that I brought red baby to work, I said, everybody come down and see my new car. He goes, oh, red, that's so cliche. I don't like red. Anyone who wants a red car is just a show off. I'm like, well, F you, Mr. Know-it-all. But in a way, he's a little bit true. Part of why I like that red car is I did feel great. I felt like all eyes were on me, but whether they were or not, it made me have that boost of confidence. I love that car. And this guy did not like red cars. He thought that red cars were a negative. Doesn't matter. His negative view of my car did not change my view of my car and how beautiful I thought that car was and is and how I felt when I was driving it. So let's extend that for a moment into our bodies, right? Suppose I'm wearing my comfortable shorts out to go walking in Descanso Gardens, and it used to be that my big fear was that people would notice that my legs are fat in the shorts. Okay, hey, newsflash, people might notice my legs are fat whether I'm wearing jeans, shorts, bikini, whatever. You know, my size is not easily disguised. You know, you can put as many sweatshirts on as you want, and that just makes you look bigger because the human eye will see the outline of what you're wearing. So here's a tip. Wear clothes that fit because that actually makes you look thinner if that's your aim. But I used to be paralyzed by these fears. People might think I look fat. Well, guess what? So what? I am bigger than the most average people. <laughs> you know, I am. But so what? That doesn't mean that if I feel good, and I'm having a good day that I have to let that impact how I feel about myself. And that has been a very tricky, very hard lesson. But one that I recommend for all of us that we practice it. You start your day by deciding how you feel about yourself, right? You say, I feel good. I look good. I'm going to put on the clothes that make me feel as good as I can today whatever that size might be or whatever that style might be, put on something that brings you joy. You know, put a smile on your face and think about how awesome you are, how loving you are, funny you are, whatever it is. Maybe you're a great cook. Maybe you're a wonderful quilter like Amy from Wisconsin. You know, maybe you're outstandingly funny on Instagram like Stephanie from Quebec. You know, whatever you got going for you, start your day thinking about that. Hey, I got this going on for me. I got this going on for me. And if somebody comes up to you and dares to rain on your parade, you be like Bailey and you think to yourself, hey, it doesn't matter whether you dislike me, anything about me 100 times because I am so much more than your opinion of me. And what really counts is my opinion of me. Okay, brave companions, thanks to our newest BC, Bailey. Mm -mm. 
for this great comment, and I'd love it if you'd come to the show notes on day 121 and post a hello to her for being so brave. Next up, I have some exciting celebrations and news and thank yous to share. First off, thank you so much, BC Pat, for your extra special support. Here's a smooch for you. Thanks, too, to those of you that continue to shop through my Amazon links because, as I've said before, it really does help to support the cost of keeping the show archive up. So every time you need something from Amazon, if you could come through our links at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com first, it would help support the show moving forward, and it won't cost you anything extra. And the other exciting stuff is, guess what? Our wonderful BC Donnie has a brand new job that she started today. Hooray! Good on you, Donnie. You went out and got a job that you wanted. So here's our best wishes for you. Hooray and a big smooch for luck. Also, I wanted to welcome another new BC, but since I don't have any permission to tell you anything at all about her, I'm just going to say, Lexi, welcome. And let you know that your story completely touched my heart, and I hope that you're doing well, and I hope all the other BCs will either post a hello or at least send some positive thoughts your way. Again, BC Lexi. Last up, this is pretty cool. You know, I want to read to you a comment that Amy from Wisconsin wrote, and it's so exciting for me. Ooh, before I read Amy's comment, I forgot I have to tell you a little bit of story. If you haven't been reading the blog, you don't know. In the course of my medical issues, I've been having to go to the doctor, and I started out, as always, paying no attention to the scale or asking them to weigh me blind because I didn't want to know my scale number. Well, one of my regular doctors, in order to find out some information, I had to log into the online portal of information. And there, in huge letters, the very first thing after my name was my weight number from December. Oh, my Lord. I got so freaked out that I immediately <laughs> went into the garage and pulled out the scale because I wanted to know, like, do I weigh more than that? Do I weigh less than that? It started all that compulsive scale nonsense. And I I got onto my regular scale, and guess what? I had no batteries in that scale, so I didn't know. And I, oh no, this is going to haunt me. I feel terrible. I just knew that I was going to have to talk about my weight or get weighed with all these specialists I was seeing and so forth. And then I remembered that Mark has a doctor scale, you know, the real thing where they the, you push the bar and there's no cheating it, like, you know, stepping on it lightly or anything. The real deal is out in our garage with some blankets over it. So I dug that out, got on there, and found out that I was, like, within one pound <laughs> of that weight. And then, being emblazoned, I went and looked at my weight for the last five years of my physical checkups. And four out of five years, my weight was exactly the same. 
Now, one year I was 14 pounds less, and I remembered that year as I got all freaked out about two months in advance, I was going to the doctor, and so I dieted like crazy in order to lose weight before I got weighed for the doctor. Now, how nuts is that? Because by the next year, I was right back to this exact weight, and I'm not going to give you the number, but I will tell you that it is in the middle between where I started the show and the least weight that I told you. It's somewhere around there. And evidently, this is my body's happy, happy adult weight. Does it make me so happy that this is my body's adult weight? Well, no. I wish my body wished it was a little bit smaller than this. But you know what? This is what it is. And after this whole thing going on where I had to face my number and I realized that this has been my adult weight <laughs> for years on end, it made sense why I kept saying to you guys, I'm not overeating, I'm not binging, I'm not dieting, but this is this weight. I, my size is the same. It makes total sense, right? I finally, 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 finally actually realized that my weight is like my height or my hair color or my, well, I guess not my hair color since my hair color is actually salt and pepper gray, but okay, eye color. It's like my eye color. It just is part of who I am. Now, was my weight probably influenced by my eating disorder? Was it influenced by eating habits I learned in my family? Is it influenced by other things besides pure on genetics? Yes, but I'm betting that the difference probably is not more than maybe 10 to 20 pounds is what I'm thinking. When I go back and look at pictures of my relatives who were old enough in those days to never have heard of dieting or overeating, <laughs> You know, I kind of look like them, and it is what it is. So now I do have to get weighed pretty often in order to provide this information to my doctors because that's all part of what I'm going through right now is to track my weight and see how I'm doing. And you know what? It really doesn't bother me at all. Going back to Bailey's comment about, hey, you scale, whatever you got to tell me it doesn't change who I am. And it absolutely doesn't. I just cannot believe this miracle that I can look at whatever number that is and just say, huh, that's what that is. Because I swear my hand on any Bible or anything or on my cat's life, I'll swear on anything I hold sacred. I have not been trying to eat for weight loss, nor have I been binging, nor have I been active in my eating disorder. Anything I've been doing with my diet for the last several months has been all around my medical issues. That's all. That's all I've been doing. And so what I weigh is what I weigh. I think this is really amazing. So now that I've gone this way, I will read from Amy. Amy writes this, amazingly to me, food seems to have lost its grip on me. I'm not exactly sure how this happened. It is probably a combination of work with my therapist, books I've read, podcasts I've listened to, and my own inner dialogue. I haven't binged in a really long time, weeks, months. I'm able to eat some sweets and then stop. I diet some days and don't others. I'm losing weight really slowly, but I'm not obsessing over food. It is absolutely wonderful, and I am so darn thrilled. The only problem is I don't feel like I have 
anyone to celebrate with because I don't feel like anyone in my day-to-day -day life understands what a huge thing this is for me. I feel like I want to throw a party of celebration, do a happy dance, take a trip, do something to celebrate. And yet, if I told people why, they would look at me like I'm nuts. You are happy because food doesn't control you? What does that mean? Oy vey. There is still a little part of me that is afraid the monster will come back. I think the longer the monster is gone, the more confident that I will feel. For now, I'm really stinking happy that it is gone. So Amy, this one's for you. Hey honey, guess what? What? Amy from Wisconsin hasn't had a beard in a long time and she feels like food doesn't control her anymore. Wow, that's fantastic. I think we should give her a party. What do you think? Oh, sounds great to me. Any last words as we get ready to party with Amy from Wisconsin? Yahoo. <laughs> what was that? Yahoo. Uh, congrats, Amy, from Mark and me to you. A big smackaroo. sometime as you can hear my voice is starting to go a little bit so I need to close it up but you know no matter when I talk to you again every single day I'm grateful for you and for your thoughts prayers participation be like Bailey call the bravery hotline because I love to hear from you hey Donnie send me some more foolish fun would you and fingers crossed for your super good new job so BC's until next time Take care, because I still really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Behold.